0: That naturopathic podcast, TNP.
1: Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Dionisio.
0: And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you.
1: This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health.
0: This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well.
1: This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan.
0: This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together.
1: This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it.
0: And we want you to know
1: it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. All right. Welcome back to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Kara.
0: It's Dr. Dave.
1: And it's just us.
0: Yeah, it's just us. You're going to interview me, kind of. I am. And
1: we're going to call these little short, quick hits, TNP Bites. Yeah. Um, and the goal here is, uh, for Dave and I just to come on and really get kind of down and dirty on some like really quick hits, um, of things that you might want to think about or do at home. Um, and these are kind of our, our quick hits in clinical practice.
0: So down and dirty, Uh, not nitty gritty. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is not like, this is not taking into account any, you know, anything about a case, any specifics. Um, but these are just things that generally, are great to try right yeah, at the foundationals
0: offset. or principles mm-hmm. to sort of follow that sort of that sort of thing so hopefully good for uh patients yeah and also good for uh practitioners too as sort of reminders
1: sure yeah. or maybe even things that they could explore even before seeing somebody yeah right okay okay so today we're talking gut yeah that's why Imagine i get that. to inter- interview you um, and we wanted to, so we're going to do some quick tips of things that we can do when your gut is just not happy.
0: Yeah. So I was going to talk about like about four foundational interventions that um, that I use a lot of the time, probably all the time now. Um, and I don't really need many more interventions than these usually to get a, a good assessment and therefore a good treatment too. Um, but you reminded me that we should probably talk about something like food before we get into these interventions because food is kind of, it's kind of an intervention in a way it's something you have to do anyway. Um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to talk about diet per se, but I think we should just, you know, in accordance with what we're trying to do with the the little tidbits here, uh, say diet is sort of different for everyone. And obviously there's different levels of dietary, uh, adherence to any sort of plan. Right. So there's like no plan Free for all, eating anything you want, right? You and I know, and every naturopath, and every, everyone knows, if you if you're sort of eating like McDonald's and Tim Hortons and uh, Mary Brown's for your three meals a day, that's a good place to start.
1: Great place to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what but would you do have... first things? Like, you would do what would because any any one of us is going to know some of the first things. What would you? Yeah, do?
1: just um, whole foods. Yeah, just eat real foods. Yeah,
0: exactly. Eat real foods. <laughs> It sounds crazy, doesn't it? No, it's it's eat real foods and probably eat lots of plants. Yeah, for um, sure. What's that, Michael Pollan? Eat, what, what does he eat say? Eat foods,
1: mostly plants. Uh, not too much. Not too much.
0: It's like about
1: as. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants.
0: Yeah, it's, so it's about as succinct as, as you can get um, and still get a message across. So yeah, just start with diet. Like, obviously, if you've got digestive issues, <laughs> you've got to do something with your diet,
1: probably. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when I ask my patients, what do you need to change in your diet? They don't need a master's of science in nutrition. Uh-huh. They know some things they can do to get started. Yeah.
0: So other simple things. So like obviously uh, up your game with your diet. I usually go with uh, same of what you're saying. Like you basically start with what you already know and you, you know, you could do better that you aren't doing better. So start doing whatever that is. And it can even be as simple as like, just drink more water. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a big one. And you can get you know, you can start splitting hairs and you you should drink a certain type of water with certain trace minerals and all that. But really, if you're just not drinking any water, drink any, you know, clean water. Mm -hmm. It's a good start.
1: And I think something needs to be said here. What, when I asked you what, what our kind of bullet points were for today Mm -hmm. is um, there's kind of that vicious cycle with diet, right? Because sometimes we get in the trap of take foods away, take foods away, take foods away. So
0: restrictive.
1: When maybe what we need to be doing is start healing the gut which is what we're going to get into next yeah so there's a vicious cycle sure we need to clean up the diet but we also need to clean up the gut so that it can handle the foods that it should really be able to handle
0: yeah i'd say the way i uh, talk about it is we're very fuel focused as naturopaths and less focused on the engine um in a way so we sort of say oh, don't eat this don't eat this don't eat that and it, there's some real wisdom in that especially if it's really really bad Uh, Gives you some, you know, reaction right away. If you get tired right after, if you get, you start sneezing, you get mucusy after eating something. These are all signs that that food that you just ate, your immune system is already saying like, that's don't like this. Yeah, yeah. So that's another easy one to start with. You eat something that makes you feel crap, uh, don't eat it. Um, But then you get to the point where you go extreme and you're dodging every single food in the world. And I have to say, I think the most patients I see like this because I have some they're not orthorexia they're not like crazy into like eating perfectly but they're just super sensitive to everything so that's when you have to start working on the gut i think and you sort of have to do a clutch and gas sort of approach where you just like i said we really fuel focused or food focuses naturopaths so like avoid this avoid this avoid this and it you're missing the other side sometimes completely yeah completely um and you you've probably heard of all these things we're going to talk about so i'll, I'll just i'll spoil the show right away I'll tell them what they are and then we'll go into them a little more. Sounds good. Yeah. Spoil away. Okay. So bitters, uh, some demulsant. Uh, so something like DGL or slippery elm, something like that uh, fiber, but a viscous fiber. Okay. This is key. And some sort of physical evaluation of the abdomen that involves uh, appropriate intervention too. So visceral manipulation, or uh, I use a, a kind of acupuncture to the abdomen. So something that addresses the structures. And I think, <clears throat> you know, we could start there, we could end there, but I think that's the main missing one for uh, most of our uh, colleagues and, and every everyone who treats guts because they're kind of hidden and mm-hmm. they're soft and jelly-like and they're behind like nine layers of connective tissue. So it's a, And you can't see them, you can't touch them as easily as like you can grab the bicep and you feel tension and there you go. Um, it's mm-hmm. not really like that, right? So uh, bitters, demulsants, viscous fiber, and some sort of Physical, structural intervention.
1: Okay, so let's flesh these out a little bit. Yeah. So why don't you explain uh, what bitters are first of all?
0: Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to horrify all the purists uh, <laughs> of the, of the uh, phytotherapeutics um, who, who probably know in better detail uh, what different uh, herbs uh, that are considered bitters. Mm-hmm. As, it's kind of like a therapeutic category, right? Like digestive bitters, um, but, you know, gentian. But the, just something with gentian in it, and probably artemisia. Um, just something that's bitter, because there's going to be subtle differences, or sometimes I guess you could say significant differences. But uh, really, what the bitters are doing is stimulating uh, back your tongue, which then sends uh, all those sort of uh, right signals to the upper GI, um, sending signals everywhere to everywhere, but the uh, descending and sigmoid colon. So it will not make you poop like a stimulant laxative. But it will sort of like get the engine running. And you know there had to be an analogy coming, right? Um, so the analogy is sort of like the remote start on your car in the winter. That's what bitters are like. They sort of get the engine running, warmed up, ready for mm-hmm. the food um, to happen. So your pancreas starts making more bicarbonate um, and putting that into the common bile duct. And then your um, stomach is going to make more stomach acid. because so that's a good thing, right? Contrary to some popular belief yeah. <laughs> um and then the gallbladder is going to start uh contracting the bile that's going to be coming from the liver which is going to be produced a little more so we got we got good things happening good things brewing with bitters it just sort of stimulates all those like things
1: gives the digestive tract some inertia
0: yeah it gets yeah. yeah it gets it um gets it moving it's a remote start yeah. in the winter
1: and it's nice though but it's 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 stimulating your own gut to do its job like it's not like God. replacing things. It's, yeah, it's it's actually stimulating your own gut just to do what it's supposed to do.
0: It's beautiful that way. I think it's sort of mm-hmm. like a work, like a tiny little workout for the gut. Like, Hey, ready time to work out. So yeah. it does its thing, its thing.
1: I've been around for like our, our grandparents would have had like a digestive before yeah. a meal or an aperitif. Which one is it? Yeah. I
0: I don't know, but I, I think it's the same. I think maybe digestive use after aperitif is sort of before, but I don't know. And I'm yeah record, I'm, I'm recording this I, and i could be wrong and that's the risk i can't on.
1: remember which one it is the digestive or aperitif which goes before but they used to have that that were these uh, traditional well, bitters Cara, in alcohol.
0: I, I call this grandma medicine yeah this grandma is, knows Granny this is grandma medicine so I, I, I imagine like east european grandma like 90 year old east european grandma take their bitters before you know like mm-hmm. that's that's sort of what i imagine when i think of bitters so um that's, that's the story of bitters. They do a lot more, but like for the purposes of what we're trying to do here, they're pretty much a foundational
1: mm-hmm.
0: of, uh, of, uh, any sort of GI focused, uh, approach where you're trying to fix the GI for GI reasons or other reasons. Cause there's, there's other stuff bitters do. They can be kind of a nervine. They can be calming because of their, uh, possible influence on vagus nerve. So there's more, but we'll, we'll sort of Unless you have any questions. Well, about... I was just
1: going to leave our listeners with the, uh, ideas on how to do that. So um, you can buy bitters as a tincture, like a yeah. herbal tincture.
0: Yeah. Right? And that's key because they have to taste them. Right. Yes. So I've had lots of people, well, can I take a pill? Well, no, you can't because you have to taste it. it has that's to... how it works. And they <laughs> taste, guess what? They taste bitter because they're called bitters. So they taste, you know, some people would say they taste nasty. Uh, I like them because they're kind of like, um, I don't know, they got like a, a bit of a zip that they, they give you to sort of like a alertness that can come. Yeah. Yeah. And you
1: can do it food-based a little bit like arugula or dandelion in a salad before your main meal. Yeah.
0: And that's how, that's how a lot of those work. So Mm -hmm. they're good too. But I just like the, um, you know, food-based approaches are great as we know, you know, but
1: when you can do it, when you can do
0: it, that the thing is when you want to do something like fairly frequently and reliably all the time, then Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably just easier to get some bitters. Um, again, always under the direction of your practitioner, not to be used if you're pregnant, not to be used if you have like active ulcers or, um, active irritation of the mucosa of the, of the stomach. Um, so those are things that you should just talk with your practitioner about, but generally, um, generally well tolerated, I would say, except by people complaining about the taste. Sure. Come on, get over it.
1: Yeah. Good. Okay. Any good medicine is not going to taste great.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Buckley's made millions just because it tastes it's crappy, good right? Good advertising. So,
1: yeah. Um. Okay. So let's move on to number two. Number two on your list is demulcents. That's funny.
0: You can't say number two and not have a joke. Well, about that. Okay, these we'll go move hand on to number in hand. Two. Number
1: two and demulcents. They do. They,
0: they do. And demulcents are sort of uh, unlike bitters. Uh, I called demulcents are like uh, a... okay. Well, the Latin origin of demulcent means to caress. And which is which is really cool because the word origin gives you a lot of uh, insight into what they do. They sort of um, caress the tissues of the of the uh, stomach and the esophagus and and beyond all the way to the end of the gastrointestinal tract. So they're just like soothing. Mm -hmm. You know, when uh, you know, say you had that ulcer, like we're saying, don't take bitters. If you have active ulcer, you could take demulcent because a demulcent is actually just going to coat that area and make it feel cozy. It's like, that is like grandma medicine too. Yeah. But it's like grandma, instead of like, you know, wrapping you on the wrist for doing something bad, she, she's like giving you, uh, you know, some chicken noodle soup and you just sit in front of the fire and she's going to rub your feet. You know, Demolcents have that sort of nice sort of like I supportive. Some. I know, they're yeah. awesome. They're like uh, very supportive. So Demolcent is going to Do coat. they
1: create like a, like a mucus layer through yeah, the? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they
0: have like a, a mucilaginous all mm-hmm. of them have a mucilaginous character. Uh, most people know uh, Avino, like that uh, that cream, which is um, made from oatmeal, right? Mm-hmm. So oatmeal's got that mucilaginous characteristic to it, so it coats and soothes. Um, but the one I use most commonly is uh, DGL, so deglycerizinated licorice, because mm-hmm. it won't make your blood pressure go up, and it's in tablet form; it's easy to use. But there's all there's and other slippery elm too is another so slippery elm. That's what my partner uses. She loves slippery elm. Uh, it's more like Powder you sort of make into a slurry, it's like a cream of wheat, so it's less uh practical, you know. Because DGL you can like have it in your purse or whatever. I don't know many people eating uh slurries of herbs out of their purse, so it's it's (laughs) I love slippery elm. And there used to be more concerns about uh the uh it was a scarce sort of herb, but it seems to be uh it's good, it's not endangered anymore, so you can use slippery elm. So they're (laughs) a little. What?
1: Well, they're a, they're a little like like I as I say like you you should have like vaginal moisture so moisturize your vagina you uh-huh. should or I I said in one of my posts your vagina should speak moistly it's the same with the gut right you are giving things to help soothe and moisturize kind of the lining of the gut
0: you had to go there already well
1: it's yeah but it, it, it's there are true. so many it's parallels true. between it's, w- no it's true gut though. and women's health but it it really is. You know, any dry tissue is not going to be happy.
0: Yeah. So I I think uh, these have a special affinity for the hollow tubes,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So hollow tubes, including like urethra, including vagina. Yeah. So remember, uh, we were in this office and uh, I said, Kara, I've got someone with like interstitial cystitis cystitis," or something like that. And I was like, Do you have any materials like prepared on it? You're like, Yes. And you gave me a handout. Of all, it was like from the interstitial cystitis found. Whatever, some sort of sure. association. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, Kara, these are one hundred percent just gastric irritants. Mm-hmm. They were one hundred. So uh, good little, you know, quick hit. There's that anything that helps the uh, the stomach is probably, I think, going to help. Uh, other hollow organs, including uh, the, the bladder. From-
1: Actually, since that, mm-hmm. I've been using DGL and slippery elm with really good results for interstitial cystitis and mm-hmm. vulvodynia.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. See, um, that's the beauty of demulcin. So safe. No upper limit on them. Usually like there's, mm-hmm. you can just take them and take them. Um, that's sort of, of all these things, maybe that's the one that you can just sort of like anyone can take a demolson. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants a nice, be taken care of by their grandmother. That Your analogy is better than
1: mine. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on to number three, uh, okay. fiber.
0: Okay. Fiber. So specifically there's tons of different fibers, right? There's prebiotic fibers. Those are nice because they're tolerated really well, generally in terms of taste The one, you know, like an inulin fiber, mm-hmm. that's a prebiotic fiber though. So we could go do a whole podcast on fiber, but the kind of fiber I'm talking about is viscous fiber. And if a, and if a fiber ain't viscous, that's not the one we're talking about. We're so we're talking about just boring old uh, like psyllium fiber, Mm -hmm. mucilaginous uh, fiber. And the way it works is it sort of binds uh, water. And so it makes um, it makes this special environment in the gut that sort of pulls things through uh, holding the water. It slows down really fast bowels. It speeds up really slow bowels. It's got this sort of regulating effect. Um, It's hard to go wrong with fiber. And I'm going to, I'm going to give my, I'm going to say to my former self, what the hell were you doing? I didn't give enough fiber mm-hmm. back in the day. And now it's probably one of the absolute most common foundational therapeutics I give. I think we go off into the weeds with like SIBO, Lebo, small intestinal yeast overgrowth. Like There's a fungal overgrowth, CFO, um, all these like, you know, really scientific sounding uh well, they are scientific they are scientific utility
1: biofilms
0: yeah biofilms, yeah. and like i'm not I'm not saying those aren't a thing, but uh your treatment plan ain't a thing if you haven't got fiber in it first, it's kind of like a foundational thing, so if you're taking like crazy tinctures that are supposed to kill everything, which is a germ based uh, you know intervention, not as much appreciating the terrain, mm-hmm. which is old school naturopathic, but I mean I think with. The unnamable virus. Talking about the terrain is is getting more and more uh, important again. So you know the fiber changes the terrain of the stool, the terrain of the gut, and therefore different uh, bugs are happier there. The happier bugs are generally the ones that like viscous fibers around. Um, I can't say enough about just starting with a fiber, like Metamucil. Mm-hmm. Can you believe I'm saying that?
1: i can metamucil. i can now but we probably would have laughed at ourselves four years ago i
0: actually laughed about patients taking metamucil at times like what that's it that's all you're doing
1: mm-hmm. i
0: actually laughed so i'm i'm like you know when you learn something you just realize oh my god i was i was so sorry to anyone who i laughed at about metamucil it is legit it brings down cholesterol it brings down uh, mm-hmm. uh controls blood sugar um, improves nutrient absorption. Um, it's just so critical foundational. That, yeah. And uh, it's very
1: modifying, right? For constipation, it loosens it up for diarrhea. It, yeah, it firms does, it
0: back up. Got this. Yeah. It's got this modulating sort of mm-hmm. thing. So fiber can't say enough about a viscous fiber, uh, psyllium plantago. That's the one. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Last one. Yeah. Physical medicine.
0: Yeah. Some sort of physical evaluation of the abdomen. Um, I do a very, very thorough evaluation of the abdomen, which tells me so much that you just don't know if you don't touch someone. So um, I'm a big proponent of a hands-on evaluation of the abdomen, um, which can then inform uh, where to focus on. I had someone today uh, who told me with her uh, stomach issues that she can taste bile. And so lo and behold, I do a physical evaluation and there's a problem in the, uh, the spot where the, um, the bile goes into the small intestine and up it. So what she's getting is she's, she's got like a block there mm-hmm. and it's going back up into the stomach because the pressure to go in the stomach is less than the pressure to go into mm. the small intestine. So, uh, might, might be helpful for her. She found them slightly helpful, but, uh, bile acids are crazy caustic. Like, um, they can just... Yeah. They ruin tissues. So when they go where they're not supposed to go, it's, a, it's bad news. So she had bile going up um back into the stomach. So bitters may not have even been a good idea at that point. Right. Right? Because you're gonna try the body's gonna try and make more
1: sure.
0: Right. And so that might not be helpful. It's gonna go retrograde back there. So perfect example of uh an anatomical structural limitation that cannot be as far as I know with what I know and that's not everything but uh, knowledge is getting pretty deep in this area that needed a physical structural intervention
1: mm-hmm.
0: so the valves that are opening uh for anterograde flow or the right you know for flow to go the right way because there is a linear aspect of the gut right it's from mouth to bum if it starts going the other way at any point <laughs> wrong
1: way <laughs> it's the wrong
0: way it's not good right and even in Chinese medicine what do they say stomach rules descending right mm-hmm. so stomach problem usually. Um, so yeah, some sort of evaluation, uh, of the abdomen, which I've, uh, sort of taken a lot from, uh, the Burrell course of visceral manipulation, and then just sort of applied it to a physical Mm -hmm. exam.
1: So Dave, for those listening that are like, okay, I've got gut problems, you know, you know, I'm going to maybe start with some of these other things or Mm -hmm. explore them or talk to my doctor or a naturopath about them. Mm -hmm. Um, but perhaps don't have you in the clinic, you know, they don't have access to your hands or um, perhaps even just any, is there anything that they can do at home that kind of helps the movement of the structures? I'm just thinking more of like, you know, like grandma medicine, whether that's castor oil or abdominal massage or yoga poses. Um, And maybe you've not really thought of this because you have your hands and your patients here, but. You know, I'm I have thought curious. about it
0: and it's a great question. I wish you warned me we'd talk about it because I wasn't as prepared as I'd like to be, but it's a great question. Yeah. Um so the short answer would be yes, there sh- there is probably something that you can do at home and like movement.
1: Just movement, maybe movement
0: is yeah. key. Like diaphragmatic breathing, like all the all the internal organs uh are supposed to move with the diaphragm, right? right. So we don't re- we think of like range of motion with uh, muscles and and you know, things like that like the musculoskeletal structures but we don't really think of range of motion with mm-hmm. the um, with the viscera and we can thank the osteopaths for understanding that there is motion with them so things need to move so if you can move things around that's why i, I used to have like a bowel movement when i would after i go for a run right just yeah. moving stuff around makes a difference um, so yes movement of any sort is going to be non-specifically helpful
1: yeah um, and breathing Like deep breathing. If we're talking about brass tacks, simple things. If you're not, if you're sitting at your desk all day or stressed all day and not breathing, yeah, you know that's not pumping lymph around. It's
0: yeah, and it's it's minute little changes. Like the analogy would be like orthotics. Like if you only took five steps a day, who cares about your instep? Mm -hmm. But you don't. You hopefully take like ten thousand or something steps a day. It starts to add up. Same with breathing. If you don't breathe once properly, your organs are going to be okay. But you breathe like what? I don't know how many tens of thousands of times a day so like little little things accrue so yeah movement of any kind deep breathing would probably be your safest bet someone was showing me the washing machine it's a yoga move where they do like this washing machine it's like your legs spin one way and your torso spins the other yeah and you flop your arms so like yeah any kind of movement yeah
1: yeah and
0: because when you do visceral manipulation it's quite specific um you've had it done, right? So, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's kind of like a little martial arts sort of thing where you just do tiny force in the right area and a whole bunch of stuff sort of unwinds. So it's very specific and precise. uh, But if you're doing something on your own, you know, just, just move, 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 move.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think when your gut's sore, you actually have the tendency to guard.
0: Yes. And generally they release, uh, yeah, as you release organs, the uh, structures that uh, in case the viscera, they actually release too. I can, you can feel it. It's really that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. We did it. We did it. Hopefully. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think I wish I knew that as quick It's you know, well, I know it now because you're in the whole way across from me, but, yeah. um, I think that's really helpful either for people listening or for, you know, practitioners, because, um, as with any topic in medicine, as you said, we get in the weeds, mm-hmm. um, we get into, you know, very specifics of, Oh, you can't eat that food. Oh, you can only eat that food. If you soak it like you, Oh, it's SIBO. Oh, we're going to do this $500 test and then we're going to decide what to do. Even
0: talk about that. That's a big mm-hmm. one too. Yeah. yeah. the testing. And actually
1: makes me think of, a, a uh, I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but there was a, a post on a forum the other day, um, in a health, a health community that said, Hey, this, you know, my patient has SIBO, here's the testing, Mm -hmm. you know, we did X, Y, and Z and it was like some, you know, some antimicrobials, some probiotics, maybe some fiber, um, just, you know, to change the diet. Mm -hmm. And they said, I don't know what's happening. We we repeated the test. And even though the patient's 95% better, the SIBO actually got worse. Like, so, so the, the test for the gut actually, Mm -hmm showed more bacteria and it got worse. So they were like, what do I do now? And I'm like, but the patient's 95% better. So bravo. Great, good job. Like exactly. That test is perhaps a red herring. And just by doing some gut work, you know, with with the things we've talked about today, you know, it doesn't always have to be fancy or expensive.
0: No, and and we're also saying it it doesn't this doesn't preclude the the necessity to get fancy at some point for sure
1: but yeah like for if you, sure
0: if you don't know how to walk before you run come on you know mm-hmm. there's some real basic stuff here and i'm glad you said that it's been it's been difficult to admit that i didn't do this stuff properly before it's it's so i hope us you know to help you know prospective patients out there or uh naturopaths younger or older because it's never too late to you know learn things with a little deeper uh, and more reproducible, reliable results. That's always good for everyone, right? I like it mm-hmm. pretty much everyone. I expect to get better to some degree yeah. and it, I'm not using many different things. It's these things that are the sort of core yeah. fundamental treatments.
1: As so, Da Vinci said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Aha.
0: Aha. What Einstein say as uh, uh, make things as simple as possible, but no simpler. Yes. Wow. Let's end now.
1: Let's end now. How okay. can we beat that? That's cool. All right. Good night, everybody.